hi, you guys. My name is Mariah. And uh, like I said earlier today, I get the absolute pleasure of being the youth lead this summer. So just a little bit of backstory um, to get to know you guys. This is my fourth summer at Mount Hurt. Well, three and a half summer. Um, but my fourth summer, I've been working in the conference center youth department all of those summers. So I... <laughs> So I got to council in 2016. Last summer I served as the high school lead and this summer I'm getting to just kind of hang out with all the age groups. Um, but uh, this is a really cool, I had to like process where I was at. So this is a really cool opportunity. How it's going to work is uh, the floor is kind of going to be open. You guys can raise your hands. I will walk over and hand you the microphone. You'll ask your question into the microphone and then I'll turn and um, the students will um, answer those questions for you. So just a few things. Um, just remember that it takes a lot of vulnerability for these students to come up here and do this. So um, for them, nothing that they say in this situation is wrong. Um, it might be different than what you believe or different than what you perceive. But um, for them, this is a space where they are able to speak freely and speak openly. Also, if there is ever a time, um, just this is a respectful space going both directions. So if there's ever a time that I need to like, feel like I need to step in and stop a question, I might. Um, and also just remember that, um, I just think it's really cool that they volunteer their time and that they want to kind of give you guys an insight on what it's like to be a teen um, today. Cause I was talking a few days ago and I said, it's even so much different than when I was a teenager um, and I graduated five years ago from college and so it's, or from high school. So it's even so different now to for them. So uh, I'm going to have them introduce themselves. I'm going to have them tell you their names, where they are from, and how many years they've been coming to camp. What? Whatever you want to say. Oh, and what grade you're in. Yeah. I'm Hunter Smith. I'm 12th grade. I'm from Bentwood, California, and I've been here eight, nine years since third grade. Hi, my name is Molly Ingle. I am going into my sophomore year in high school, so 10th grade. I am from Bakersfield, California, and this is my second summer here at Mount Hermon. Hi, I'm Chris Webb. I'm from Gilroy, California. I am going to be a junior, so 11th grade, and um, I've been going to, I can't really remember the exact year, as long as I can remember, like 14 years maybe, 12. I don't know. Awesome. Thanks, guys. So the first question, as Dave Burns says, is always the hardest. Um, yeah, or not today. So that's great. <laughs> that's always better. I'm nervous. Well, my name is David, and I'm, a pers I'm actually going through my teaching credential. I'm going to be a teacher in high school math. My question to you is, what is something that a math a, a teacher has done or said in the first days of school that have helped you? So um, I might repeat the question just because it's going to be on a recording that you guys will have access to. Um, so the question was, what is something a teacher has done either in the first few days of school or said to you that has helped you? If you need help, like come after school uh, to get help or before school. and. Yeah, that's much it. Yeah, offering to give help definitely um, works a lot. Um, 
a lot of times, I have a teacher who constantly com says she's the Grinch, but she's actually the best teacher. As in, she gives a lot of work, but she works with you on it, and she legitimately teaches with you. Um, so she'll, like on the first day of school, she figures out what each student is, um, where each student is in the process, and then like changes the curriculum depending on what the class actually needs. Awesome. So you said you're going uh, to be a high school math teacher, correct? <laughs> okay, so every student has a different view on math. So some people are math are a mathematic person and some people are more on the English side of of their strong suits. So you should uh, be looking out for both needs. Like f for e everyone needs help in math. And so just look out for like your students' needs and um, just work with them and pray for them. And <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Cool. Check up on them re uh, like recently, like just keep on checking on them. <laughs> Um, first, thanks for coming. I'm a high school teacher, and I'd love to talk to you after. <laughs> yeah, I've um, been teaching my whole life. Uh, our school is um, considering, we're debating right now, we as in the teachers and a small group of students, banning cell phones during the school day. And you can imagine how popular that is with the high school students, especially the upperclassmen, right? Um, one of the things that keeps circulating is, hey, you know, First of all, adults would get upset if they took away our cell phones. I watch us during the uh, prayer service. You know, there's people checking their phones. And I know we have kids and stuff like that. I was checking my phone, just my email, during one of the songs until I remember what I was here for. So it's not like we're not addicted to in some cases. But um, how do you feel, or how would you feel if you went to a school that said, okay, because we care about you, because we want you to develop more conversation and other sides of your life that during the school day, say between 8.30 and whenever it ends, no phones are allowed. Is there any room for that or would you be totally against it? Such uh, a well, good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, was, I'm a, I was in summer school this summer and our teacher said there's no phones while we're working, but after we work, we can do our, take our phones out. So that really helped because like, that, had, that made a point for the students to work hard so like that uh, they can go on their phones after. And during the testing times, uh, he made us wait until everyone was done with the test, until we took our phones out. But it, had, it still had to be silent after that. It had, it couldn't, you couldn't uh, share things on your phone, like reach over and show people your phone. You can listen to music, and that's all. But uh, yeah, I think... Um, I think the procedure is yeah is good where you put your phone away while you work because then you get distracted uh, like with what's going on in social media and everything. So yeah, I, I would just say either either collect their phones while they're working or just tell them to put it in their backpack until they're done uh, working. <laughs> I'm against that. <laughs> I'm against that. <laughs>
the face that yeah, was the me. school I'm at already like already we can't have um, phones out during class or anything like that. I'm just wondering how you're going to enforce that because the the work that I go to, you can't have phones out while you're at work, and people still do it. So I I think. I think people would hate that. I think there would be some benefits to it. Like, I think um, if you're already taking phones away in class, I don't think you're going to get much more benefits in class. Maybe you'll have more people talking to each other during lunch, but um, they'll probably be social the same amount. Like, I, I just huddled in a corner when I didn't have a phone um, because I was scared of other people. Um, but I, I just wonder, there's, there's no way to possibly enforce that, that kids aren't just going to find ways and ways around. They're sneaky. They're sneaky. Uh, I, I think it's funny, this question is one of those ones that I, is, feels so different from when I was in school, because when I was in junior high, like, razors were just coming out like the little flip phones. So I remember getting my first iPhone and that transition of freshman year, it was like not a big deal, but by my senior year, it was like, all right, we're taking a test. Everyone's phones have to go in the basket. And so I remember kind of watching that transition into it becoming a bigger deal about phones. So that's really interesting. Some schools, you lock them in those bags. You ever seen those? They have like bags that they get locked in at the beginning of the day and then they unlock. Okay. Next question. <laughs> yes. I don't, I don't know if you'll feel comfortable with this, so, but how would you characterize your walk with the Lord right now? I mean, what, how would you describe that to us personally? And then as a believer, how are you navigating the world with all of the challenges that face you as teenagers in this, in this time? Um, and then beyond that, what advice do you have for us as parents on how to continue to lead and grow our children to follow the Lord in this society? It's, the, the, it's just the deepest part of my heart is to show our son how to do that. And you guys are in a world that is so hard to navigate. So I know that's very personal. Take it wherever you want to take it. But we're here because we love the Lord and we just want to know from you where you're at and you know, what you would say as mom and dad, how to help you to continue to, to focus on him. So let's kind of split that into, into a few questions. So we'll start with, like, how would you categorize, like, how would you say you, like, what is your faith like? You know, how would you categorize your faith and what is it like in today's world to be a Christian? And then we'll, the next question we'll kind of talk about is, um, how can your parents support you in your walk with God? So let's see that first one of what is, how would you categorize your faith and like what is it like being a Christian, maybe like at school or like in the world? First of all, I wanted to ask you, how old is your son? <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you guys... No, I'll go back to that. I'll get back to that. I just want to know what questions. But, uh, right now, um, in this generation, it's kind of hard especially at the high schools, uh, there's, I was in a small group with my grandma, she's right there, but uh, mm. we had like a thing where 72% of people in the, in the nation claim that they're Christians, but there's only 8% to, uh, exactly 
that are actually Christians. And at my high school, there aren't that many Christians, so like there's too many temptations that you have to stay away from. And some of them you can't just stay away from. Like uh, drugs, you can stay away from that, but like there's girls that wear booty shorts and everything, they come around and they have boyfriends and stuff. That's the hard part, because if you, if you go after them and then their boyfriend comes up, then you're like, well, your girlfriend's wearing this, this outfit and it's hard to stay away from them. So uh, when your son gets to high school, just tell him to watch out, because there's so many uh, temptations like cigarettes, drugs, uh, vaping, uh, girls, uh, not a lot of them are lo uh, loyal anymore. They're just like their popularity. Uh, so he's gonna go through a lot of troubled times. So yeah, and also me, me personally, I went through some, uh, through some temptations too, like girls and everything. Like uh, I used to always think, oh yeah, she's she's hot, so I, I'll go after her. But then it turns out for the worst. So I watch out for who I look at after now. So I'd say. Um Keep in touch with your son. Don't like distance yourself from him because high school and junior high, it's a rough age. You're going you're going to go through a lot, especially in middle school, because you're going through puberty, you are making all these changes and and uh, junior high is so much different from elementary school. Junior high has just the same sin issues as high school does. There's like purity issues, there's drug issues, there's cigarette issues. There's so many things that goes on in junior high when you're just like 12 and 13. And so, yeah, look after your son and make sure he's doing okay and doing what the Lord would want him to do. Okay, so personally, um, through high school and, and junior high. Like, I've always intellectually believed in um, uh, the Gospels and the Bible and all that. Um, but emotionally, it's hard to always follow it. So, um, and especially it's hard to always model it because if you, if you really try to model what Christ would want you to do, you sometimes will get bullied and stuff. Um, so the best advice I, I could give you for, like, going into high school is, um, there, there's a ton of stuff that they, it's really easy to fall in plenty of traps. I had a good friend of mine who is a, a good Christian, um, kid. He was, like, the only, um, person in his family that was a Christian. He, he's, he's a great person, but, he, um... Because of peer pressure and every something, he's had trouble with um, marijuana and stuff like that. And he he always he's he's said to me, um, it just doesn't feel like my parents care. They should have noticed this by now. And um, so I think the best thing you can do is you can't stop your kid from being exposed to any of these things because. It's, it's a million ways. They're, they're going to run into it somehow. But you can um, talk to them, and if they ever have questions to you, like if they hear, um, I, I have kids at my school constantly saying, oh, the Bible can't be true because blah, blah, blah. Have, have a relationship with your 13-year-old where they are willing to come up with you and ask those questions. And instead of saying, oh, that's a dumb question, why would you ask that? Find the answer 
at, tell them and, and just have, have an open relationship where if they, if they feel that they've screwed up and they realize that something is wrong, that they're willing to talk to you and you can fix it together instead of where you have to pursue them and they don't, they don't want to be pursued. Awesome, thank you so much. I think that's something that's come up a lot, which is what they, you guys said, and then also I've gotten to be on the, you know, lead this panel is the communication aspect. The being willing to have open conversation is something that I think almost every high school I get to interact with is like, I just wish my parents talked to me more in like a treated me like a normal person way. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna go. What? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of the best times, I don't think we disagreed, but my wife and I learned to talk with them as late at night, which was not necessarily our best conversation, <laughs> but if we wanted real conversation and real sharing, we just kind of stayed up with them. And when they were ready to share, it was usually late, absolutely. Never before noon. <laughs> I don't like to talk before noon. <laughs> Kind of. Every every teenager is different, and the, and they all have times you want to share. But sometimes late at night is the best because you're tired and your mental blockers kind of go away. <laughs> so instead of being your your brain recognizing that oh that's my parent I don't want to talk to them you're like oh human. Human. Yeah. I some of my best memories growing up are my mom and I like watching TV late at night. So do you have your hand up right? I have a couple of questions, so I'm trying to think which to ask first, but I don't know if this applies to you guys because you're here and we all know that you're very brave for being here and we're very grateful for that. But I have my two boys that are in youth right now are ninth and eighth and they're both very shy. And we've been struggling with how do we encourage them because we are their parents, so to some degree we don't want to just be telling them all the time what to say to people or what to do or whatever you know we want them to try to but what would you say to a lower classman who is shy kind of on their own they may want to participate they may not want to participate but just to get past that what would you do to encourage them I would include them or like have them include themselves in like conversations. So like if you ever are like at their youth group or at a school event and you see like this group of kids talking, I would encourage your um, two boys, two boys, right? Okay, um, to be like, hey, why don't you go talk to that group over there? And if they don't want to, then I would respect that. And um, for me, I am personally really shy. Um, so when my parents are just like, oh, hey, you should go talk to that person, I'm just like, I don't want to. Um, but some, and just look out for their needs and if they seem really uncomfortable um, with um, talking to people, I would respect that and maybe like find like another parent who's like going through the same thing with their children and have your two kids like talk to each other and. So I would like to know the answer to this question too, um, because I am incredibly bad at um, 
like talking to people. This is, the, this is actually easier than talking to other high schoolers because I have a position and I'm just answering questions. Communi relationships and communication with people is really hard. And um, so like, like we go into worship earlier and every, every time I'm, I'm always like kind of like frozen and because there's all these people and I, I don't really know any of them and I, do, I just don't know where to sit because I don't want to sit next to someone and them say, oh, move over or it, it's, just, it's just scary. Um, other, other, like I said, other people are scary. Um, so I think the best thing you can do um, to actually get them, you can't really force them to talk to other people, but is just include them in, in conversations that you build their self-esteem. So I know, like when I talk to my parents and they're like, oh, that, that's a good thought. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Or, or just all these um, things that make me feel better about the way I communicate. I, and then I go out into the actual world with a um, better idea of myself and what I can do and, um, and, the, and the people I can meet and make friends with. Uh, well, I, you can't really push your son to meet new people. He'll uh, eventually build up the um, courage, the encouragement to go meet new people. Like, I used to not be able to go find friends, like, because I was shy. And I'm, not, I'm now, like, uh, sociable now. Uh, because when you first say hi and introduce yourself to the first person, it's usually a chain where they, they introduce you to someone else and you get a group of friends. So when he gets that encouragement, then, uh, and he introduces himself to, to the new person, it usually ends up w with him coming home at, at night or something and saying, oh, mom, I met new friends. They're awesome answers. Do another question? No, you're good. Okay. Uh, what are some really good questions we as parents could be asking our kids that you would want your parents to ask you? This is when you like take out the phone and take the notes. Well, first off, you could ask, how are you? Because um, teenagers, we go through so much. There's so much social pressure from school and like friends, and you never know how someone's actually really doing. You know, the typical, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm good. You never know how someone really truly is if you really dive in and ask question, deep questions. So I would ask like deep questions like, how is like how is your um, math class going? What are you learning? Is there anything that's hard or difficult to understand or with friends? If like they're you never know if like they're your friends are pressuring your children to do something that they know is wrong, you could ask them, so what are your friends like? What, what are their values? What do they um, believe in? And yeah. Um, I'm gonna disagree slightly with you there because if I'm asked, how are you? I will just say meh. Um, 
So I think I think I think there's not exact questions you should ask. I think you should find out what your child likes, because if my parents asked me um, how are you doing right now, I will say meh, or I will give a one-word answer. It it might be a true one-word answer, but it, it won't really be a conversation starter. So you've got to figure out what your child likes, and we'll talk about for a really long time. So for me, one of the things that I really like is the movie Paddington Two. And I, I love Paddington talk- 2. <laughs> yeah, Paddington 2 is the best. I'm not lying. It is the best movie ever made. Watch Paddington 2. Um, <laughs> you guys, so, it's such a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, no, but, um, and, and or, or like other things like movies or games or, or maybe your child is in the sports and talk about that with them and that, that'll open them up a bit, and maybe then you can move on to something, relate it to something that you actually do want to talk about. Um, because um, you, you kind of got to break the ice with every conversation. You got to make them want to talk to you, because just asking exactly what you're going to say, what you want to know, usually won't get a good response from them. Um, I, I know because it... it, it at least for me, it requires a lot of effort to think to, through responses, so I don't want to do that right after I got out of school. So you got to start off with something that's fun to talk about and then move it on to the, uh, not boring, but uh, important stuff. When they come from, uh, home from school, give them about maybe 15 minutes to re- like relax and everything, then ask them how they are. And how Chris said, like, they might just give you one word. But like that's sometimes most of the time not true. Like I say, how are you today? Good. But there's a whole bunch of other words that, that describe what how they are. And uh, let's say they're feeling bad. Like they're walking home from school or they arrive at uh, at home. They come in the door and they're feeling bad. But they but they put their happy face around their parents so they don't the parents don't realize how they're feeling because then they'll ask all they'll fade, they'll ask all these uh, questions on them and, and then they'll get like. Really, uh, embarrassing yeah, embarrassing questions, and uh, see me sometimes like when uh, it's kind of hard to talk to my parents, like especially if it's like something that uh, I think might uh, anger them, like I don't talk to them about it or something like that, and I talk to a close friend about it, like I have a close friend at home, I talk to him uh, mostly about it, and not with my grandparents, because uh, it might anger them or or it might go to a deep emotional um, conversation that I might not want to go in, so. Uh, I, I also think, um, so I'm in a small group. I go to my church and I have a small group and I love my small group leader. Um, his name is Janos. And I think one of the best things to do is realize that there's some things your kid just won't talk to you about, like just stuff in general. Um, <laughs> Um, it's like the most accurate answer that's been yeah, given this yeah. whole time. So just give them someone else to talk to. Like, Janos is a wonderful, God-fearing man, and I, I look up to him immensely. And, um, and he's, he's a small group leader, and, and I, 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 I'm willing to talk to him about things that I wouldn't talk to my parents, because my parents are my parents. So you give them someone else to talk to. Make sure they're plugged into a small group because that really is um, outstanding.
Also, I would say the best fellowship happens over a meal or coffee or anything. Um, so if you really wanted to talk to your children, I would do it like over a Starbucks or something like that. And just know that like you are their parents and like a lot of children go behind their parents' back and they do stuff and don't tell you things. And yes, it is wrong, but we do do that and everyone <laughs> does that, so. First, you guys never, you never went behind your parents' backs. And, and just to encourage the parents in the room, like, you guys, <laughs> you guys have already done something uh, so good by bringing them to a place like this, where they get to hang out with their, like, I mean, I'm very biased, but their small group leaders are incredible. Like, just the coolest people. And so you are giving your children space to connect with college-age students who are still following God. And so, like, I want to... Like, I wish that I would have had an opportunity like this. So I just want to encourage you guys, like, you're doing these things already. So, Steve. One piece of advice, if you want to talk to them, don't take their phone away. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's just kind of a follow-up question. You mentioned embarrassing questions. One of the three of you did. What, give me a couple of examples. What's an embarrassing question? Uh, Embarrassing questions. Molly okay. has an yeah, answer. <laughs> Do you have a girlfriend or boyfriend? Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Have you done drugs? Have you smoked? Have you cheated on a test? Have you... <laughs> Just, like, personal questions. Like, if you really wanted to, like, ask them those questions, like, have a conversation. Just don't, like, ask it out of the blue because that's just, like, what? The <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like I said, like start talking about Paddington too. <laughs> I would well, say that, that that answer continues on to like young adulthood. Like the greatest conversations I've had with my mom has started over a cup of coffee and we're just hanging out and then she's like, so how's college? And I'm like, well, now I'm a lot more comfortable to just burst into tears than I was, you know, when we sat down, so. Well, there's, uh, I don't know what I was going to say there. Like, my dad is always like, ooh, when are you, when, we're just walking around, and he's like, ooh, you should get a girlfriend. And I'm like, why would you say that? <laughs> why? <laughs> and then he just points to random people. <laughs> I, I, he finds it hilarious, but I find it awful. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have another question from the crowd? Oh, we got so many. All right, we're going to go this way, and I'm going to move. So one, two, and then three. <laughs> I'm just, we're moving. We're moving Never on. Mind. You guys are great. Moving on. Hi, I have a, a 15-year-old daughter. And we started when she was very young. When she would come home from school, we would say, um, well, what was the best thing that happened today, and what was the worst? Or did something funny happen and so she was used to it and so that's when she would open up so um and then there are times when I pick her up and she would just be quiet and I would just give her that time and then later on she would come to me and tell me what was wrong so we need to give our children some space to process what happened during the day 
But I wanted to um, ask a question from the teens is my daughter says there's a lot of anxiety at school that she's stressed out easily. And um, I'm also wondering about are some of the students in fear of with all these shootings going on and we had a bomb threat at the school and how are they processing it? Are there like the teachers and the staff at the schools helping? Well, um, some students I know, like, well, friends, uh, they get stressed because their parents have like a high requirement of their grades and also temptations from their friends. So they're, they're like thinking of both and saying, which one, what should I do? Like, do, should I do what my friends say or not? Because uh, I know if it, even if they know it's wrong, uh, they'll still consider it. And especially with the grades, like when you go home or something, and you're trying to do as best you can, but and let's say you have A's, B's, and C's, but the parents want A's and B's, then they'll keep pressuring you, and, and it won't really push them to do har uh, harder. Uh, so I would say just leave them, leave them, uh, have them some space, and they'll do um, better in school, like they'll get, um, have the motivation, like they can go to a, a friend or something and have them help them or go to a teacher. Uh, sometimes in class, maybe you don't, like some, most of uh, the students in my uh, uh, school have like a, they might be embarrassed to ask a question because they're like, oh, I don't want the people to know that I don't know this question. So they don't really raise their hand and they go, after school or something and ask it so that no one knows that they're having trouble? Well, this is my uh, personal belief. Students are way over-tested. There's tests at least once a week. There's midterms, there's exams, there's so much. And that adds a lot of stress. Like, you have to study so hard in order to keep your grades up and and, you, and it's just one class, and then you have six or seven more, and it's just, it's so stressful from all the tests and homework and everything. And yeah, and it's, it gets a lot worse in high school than like junior high or anything, so. You talked about us feeling the pressure from like school shootings and um, you said your school is a bomb th had a bomb threat, which is terrible. Um, at least at my school, we don't really we're never really worried about school shootings um, because it's it's rare. But you're like, oh my word, the flag that half mast that's that's terrible. But I, I've never really felt, man, that this is going to happen here. I'm I'm scared of that of happening. Um, but. We, we do kind of, like every, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is for everyone, all, all of the kids, but we all make jokes about having depression, and especially at my school because we, we all joke about how stressed we are and how awful it is, and some of it is true, some of it isn't. I don't think all of us have depression, but we're all, um, can look at things a little bit negatively because, um, a lot of it isn't even always the amount of work you have to do. It's it's just 
it all it all just adds together. Like the last year, supposedly sophomore year is the hardest at my school, and each individual class isn't that big of a deal. But when you bundle them all together, or it gets really bad because we have like three tests, three periods in a row for two days straight. And it's and it just you have to study and you have to put everything together to get a good grade, and it just means you don't have um, free time, you don't have um, what you want to do, and especially when you're like me who also has a job to do that on top of that, it just it just really burns you out. Out so when when you inevitably do get home, you you don't want to talk to your parents. You you just kind of want to lay down, and, and then you realize, oh yeah, I have an essay due tomorrow. Those great those were great answers, you guys. Those were awesome. Just wondering if any of you have friends that have different faiths or atheist friends, and what that looks like for you at school as far as. Um, things you would talk to them about or ways that you would display your faith with them, um, just kind of what those relationships look like. I have a couple friends that are different religions, like atheist and uh, Catholic, but we really, uh, we really don't really talk about it because um, it usually gets in a debate and everyone starts yelling at each other. And uh, when it and it usually turns into physical fights when we talk about that. Like if we try to talk about God or they try to talk that, that God's not real, then it really turns into a debate. And then when it gets really, uh, really bad, it turns into physical. And that's why most of my uh, most of the people at my school don't really talk about that. H have you actually had a fight over that? Did you actually get in a no. fight? No, you haven't gotten into it. That's okay, that's I was I worried there. That's why I say that. Um, no, like our school is, um, we we, in I think in most school, at least most people don't act it or say it, but the majority of people um, aren't Christians. So the, that makes sense that the majority of my friends wouldn't be Christian. Like, um, yeah. If you if you name someone from a religion, I probably know someone or have a friend there. Like, um, oh no, I actually I do have a Hindu um, friend. I was gonna say I don't I don't know any from from Hinduism, but I do have a friend who's Hindu. But um, it kind of basically resolves around um, like you guys probably all have people who aren't Christians at work, and you just don't talk about it. And there's a point where school is basically work. It's not, you're not there to be social, especially when there's so much to do that you're basically spending lunches doing work. Um, it, it's, it's basically, you just don't talk about it. You, I, I try to act like God would want me to, but that doesn't mean um, I, I walk up and say, oh, y'all need Jesus. Because that, or, um, like when some, uh, I can't say, um, trying to think. Every, we always talk about, um, um, like, at least in my youth group, we always talk about not just being a Sunday Christian. 
And so I don't know how many people are actually Christians because for a lot of, for all I know, a lot of pe- these people could go to on Sundays, but they don't act like it. I don't always act like it. Like I think I should, like I sometimes swear, I sometimes talk like I shouldn't, um, uh, be a bad example. I haven't done drugs yet, but you know, here's hoping. That was a joke, okay. (laughs) I'm not. um, And it's, it's really easy to People always say you can't, people say surround yourself with good friends, but it's almost impossible to find. Um, you, you can't find a group of purely Christian friends unless they have like a Christian club. So I, you just have to have like a youth group in church otherwise and then go in there, try to be the light of the world. And if you're doing it well, people will come up to you. I, I have had, I have a friend who's, re, um, who's really good at that, at acting like 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 a ray of light in on a hill and um i know people who've come up to him and said why are you different and and then he said oh i'm a christian i i believe this and then he's brought them to church and um so it's kind of impossible to not have relationships with people who have different beliefs with you because everyone has different beliefs also, um, if you tell other people that you're a Christian, I'm personally scared that my friends w- would leave me because of my faith, and I know that I shouldn't be afraid of that. I should let, I should just tell them, but it is also like a fear for me and almost all Christians. I'm sure all of you have been in this position that you're scared to tell others that you are a Christian because you don't want them to like judge you or uh, make fun of you. But Christ, uh, yeah, but Christ told you to uh, take up your cross and follow him and you must uh, suffer for the sake of the gospel and spread the word because that is what um, we are commanded to do as Christians. Go ahead if you have one last answer. Uh, it's not really, like, the main problem is the schools. Like, they're starting to put stuff in the, the teachings of, like, let's say, um, LGBT. Like, they're starting to do the, turn the rainbow into their flag and everything, and, and it's kind of hard to not stand up for it. Like, like sometimes in my classroom, like they they always talk about the gays and everything, and and I always want to stand up for it. But I know if I do, then they'll start a whole thing throughout throughout the school. And that's the main problem is it's not re- really the people there; it's just what the district's putting into the schools. So I think you've got a. I'm gonna. This is kind of yeah. directed to him. And this I think will be the last question. Our last answer for this question. Okay, sorry. I think you've got to pick your battles. Like, um, like I swear, like half of our, I think of like half of our school is LGBTQ, and um, I, that's just not a, a battle you have to to fight because people have, um, you're not going to convince anyone by standing up and saying, "Oh, the Bible says this." You just have to show. Um, what the Bible says for you to do, which is 
love others like yourself and act differently. Mm. And then um, hopefully people come up to you and say, why are you different? And um, and then you can say, oh, I, I follow the teachings of Jesus. Awesome. Cool. I'm going to go right here because you had your hand up, right? Well, um, in your opinion, what kind of parents are ideal to you and what you would wish them to do or not to do? So what do you guys like wish your parents would do or wouldn't do? If they're in this room, you can speak vaguely. <laughs> I think there's a difference between what I, I should have happened to me, because good parents are not um, necessarily ones that do everything I wish they would. So like, I wish my parents would buy me a new iPad. And that's not necessarily good for me. Um, so something that would be good for me that I wish my parents would do would probably be, well, part of it is stop asking embarrassing questions um, and just like when I try, when I actually do try to talk to them about things that I'm really interested in, like I, I, I do try to follow politics and I'm interested in that or, or something, they sometimes like shrug me off and say, I'm the parent, you're the child. And, and basically ignore what I'm saying on the basis of I'm, I'm younger and they have dominion over me. And it just really irks me because is that doesn't mean anything I'm saying is any less true. Let them say their piece, because if you shut them down and say, like he said, like you're older than uh, your kid, and I say, well, you don't matter because I'm older than you, and I know I know more than you do because I'm older than you. That, then their piece of uh of their opinion doesn't even matter to them. You're like, oh, I shouldn't have said what I said. And by saying, I'm older than you, so you should respect me, that's like disrespecting your child. And if you disrespect your child in that way, they will start to disrespect you back. And I'm sure that's the last thing that you want to happen, to have your child disrespect you. And as a child, the last thing that I want is my parent to disrespect me for my views. I am a person and I am allowed to have my beliefs and though they may be different from my parents, I still want my parents to just accept that that is how I think and that is how I process this. And yeah. That was awesome. All right, you got this question. Um, first of all, I wanna thank you guys for your honest answers. I mean, you're really putting it out there. Um, one question that came to mind, Hunter, I, your name is Hunter, right? I think you mentioned your, your grandparents at one point. So what have um, your extended family beyond your parents, what have grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins offered to you as far as people that you can turn to? Because we're all gonna be grandparents someday if we're not already, <laughs> maybe. Well, to be honest, I have only been living with my grandparents and uh, well, I visit my mom too. But uh, she's going through some times, like she's moving place to place, so she's not really, she's not really there. Like, uh, she'll listen to you, or to, to me, 
and, but she doesn't really take to, take it to heart and give advice. You can tell her all your problems and everything, but uh, she she's like, okay, co- uh, cool, or I'm sorry that that happened, and then that's all she would say. But everyone else, I would just talk on Instagram or anything, like my cousins, uh, Snapchat. That's where I usually connect with my family is social media. So. Do you guys have any more questions? Yeah. Okay, so you agreed to come here today. I want to know I was what, coerced. what it, okay, this is an opportunity for you to tell us from your hearts why you decided to sit where you are. Why, what would you say to us is important to you for us to know about your generation. I mean, I'm learning some things that are distinctly different. I've been in this panel room every year we come to Mount Hermon, and you guys, this it, there, I see changes. I see some things happening, and it's helpful to me as a mom to watch for these many years. I mean, it's been, let's see, this is the fifth year straight of listening to teen panels. What's on your heart that you would want us as adults to know to understand you better? Because one of the things that I would encourage you is those people, your dear grandparents, for, for the first gentleman, they love you so much, right? And they've poured their hearts into you and their lives into you. What do you want us to know? Because we also have been given this important job as parents to love our children and grow them in the Lord. And we want to understand from your generation how you think and what you are challenged with. So what what haven't you talked about so far from our questions that you think is really important for us to leave the room making sure we know? Well, um, every time I leave Mount Hermon, like, uh, I want to come back. Uh, but Mariah here, she's, she always gives the excitement up, and <laughs> she really does. Uh, but last night, we were, like, we were worshiping, and I just felt the urge from God to do this. So that's why I volunteered to do this. Uh, kids in this generation, or teenagers in this generation, they, a lot of us have like deep uh, thoughts that we don't really want to share unless, unless we have really close friends or we really trust that they won't uh, say anything to anyone else. So if you're a good secret keeper, like, and, they, and I really trust you or something, then I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, and confidence. Mm-hmm. So. Oh yeah, especially these days when a lot of people, yeah. when a lot of people have different opinions in, than you, yeah. like it's really hard to tell tell what you believe because like, I think it was, uh, her. Molly. Sorry, but uh, what she said, um, like it's hard to stand up uh, for yourself and uh, like, it's really hard to because what other people will think of you. So like when you go home or something and you're like, well, who am I going to share this with? Who am I going to share my thoughts with? Because what, what, what are they going to think of me? And like she said, Molly, uh, you might lose some friends if you, if you tell them what uh, you think, you actually like, feel. So when, like, when I, last year after we left Mount Hermon, my grandpa said, oh, yeah, we, we booked uh, a room for Mount Hermon. And I was really happy because it, it's a life experience up here. 
like, it's really fun. You can do, you can, like, be wild if you want. No one will really judge you. And like I said, Mariah, she, she, she uh, kicks in with the excitement, and it's a lot of fun. So I chose to do this panel because I want to be heard. Um, am I, well, I've learned to just kept quiet in some things, and I want to be heard, and I want to have a voice in this world, and I think that the best way to do it is through doing stuff like this, and yeah. What do you want, uh, like, parents or people, like, raising children in this generation to know about your generation? Well... I want you guys to know about our generation is that we do, we are humans and we do want some privacy. There are some areas in our life that just we don't really want to talk about for a while. And just, and I'm sure you guys have some stuff that you don't want to tell your kids yet. And we do want some privacy, just like you guys want your privacy. So, yeah. Um, the reason I wanted to come up here, um, well, I just, I just, I, I don't like talking to, or I like talking to my peers, it's just, I, 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 it's scary to do so, but when I come up here, it's, it's a lot more interesting, and, and, and there's structure to it, so I can, it, it's, so one part is it's kind of fun to come up here and answer questions, and I also get to hopefully have you guys go back into your lives with your kids and take some of the knowledge you gained and grow um, some great little wee little lads. Um, so what I so what I would say is um, I think giving your child um, she said treating them like a human like kind of like giving your child responsibility. So. Um, I think I think we can handle a lot, and we are handling a lot more responsibility with school on that than you guys might already realize. And giving um, child an opportunities to gain your trust and gain responsibility, and um, my parents have been reasonably good about this, um, like slowly having me take over more and more tasks in my life and going off and getting a job and stuff like that. So where I, by the time, instead of it being a sudden jump where you go, oh, the, all I have to care about is school right now and maybe sports or something, and, and then suddenly 18 years old, boom, laundry, ironing, and oh no, I don't know how to iron my clothes. Better call my parents. I was an RA in college, and I can't tell you how many kids broke the washing machine. Yeah, on a yeah, weekly that, basis. <laughs> yes, yeah, so so there's a lot of things that we aren't taught that are pretty basic. Like my parents screwed up majorly by not t teaching me how to tie my shoes, how to fifth grade. Like, why? So I just wore Velcro until then. But <laughs> so. Um, and you don't you don't want to leave your kid without knowing how to tie their shoes. So teach them the basic things, how to do their taxes, stuff like that. Um, and then I think also 
um, letting them speak, letting them talk. Your kid will inevitably have some pretty bad opinions, but you should rebut them on, on like just talking to them instead of like saying, oh, you're the child, because I've had complete 180s on my opinions throughout the years. Is I've I've changed um, what I what I um, what are my political affiliations multiple times. Um, I've had tons of terrible opinions, so it'll happen. Awesome, thank you guys. Oh, do you have something under? Yeah, go ahead. And also, uh, if your kid or something or teenager has a, a different opinion, listen to them because they might be right. Mm -hmm. And honestly, when I when let's say I'm in an argument and I and with someone older than me, let's say my grandpa or, or my grandma, and and I have an argument with them and I'm right, and uh, that kind of feels good because <laughs> I'm always because uh, when. Like, let's say we're talking about politics, because we watch a lot of news. But, uh, and I have my own opinion, and I'm right about it. Like, the news always, not always, but sometimes proves my point right. And I'm, I'm always there on the couch going, I knew it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys so much, and thank you for your questions. Um, this is a really special time. So.